0: Welcome to the Watch and Learn Show, where we talk about life lessons we learn from movies new and old, and we have a bit of fun along the way. And now, here's the host, Sky and Dusty. Hey, hey, movie maniacs. My name is Sky, and I'm joined by my brother, Dusty. Hey, Dusto, I have a question for you. Why is it that we love gangster movies and we want to see these bad criminal guys win in the end? I don't know. That's a great question because I start to think to myself, like, should we be rooting for the good guys? Not like bad guys against Were other there bad good guys, guys in this movie? That's the big thought. Yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't seem like there was any good guys. There was the only one was uh, Colin. Uh, what's his name? The the, the coach. Coach. Yeah. Yeah, the coach, he was trying to do good, but obviously he knows how to do bad things. Um, he was trying to do good. But yeah, there were no good guys in this movie at all. Not a single one. No, but yeah, uh, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So and it's weird, like Bugsy Siegel or you watch like a Guy Ritchie's prior movie Snatch and Lockstock, like you want to see these criminals succeed in the end. Certain criminals as opposed to the other ones. So, of course, obviously, as I'm watching this movie, I'm rooting for Matthew McConaughey, But it's really interesting how they started off and it really did look like he got murdered in the very beginning. So I was thinking all the way up until he didn't get murdered, I was thinking, wow, we're going to build to his death. This is going to be pretty cool seeing what's happened. Is Charlie Hunnam, you know, Ray, is he going to take over? And so I, I thought that was a really interesting way to start the movie like that with a little deception. It was, it was. And you it got me thinking the only movie that I've ever seen where it starts with the actual death that actually happens and not trying trying to trick you was um Memento. Remember Memento where it plays the whole entire movie backwards. Um, like it's edited backwards. It's rather it's a crazy way to actually tell a story, but it's it it draws you in. It's it's it helps you to follow the movie because the character himself loses his memory. So it's like, yeah, it's it's really neat. But yeah. that's the only movie where you see the guy actually die way beforehand. And then it goes backwards. So all the other movies were, so su- I will not say all, everyone that I can think of, it was a uh, It's a red herring. A- it's to lead you off or lead yes. you off track. But I thought the exact same thing. i was like, oh, that's cool. If he is actually dead and now they're replaying it and they're showing you actually how he died. But yeah, then again, we know unless we actually see the body drop with a bullet in his head, they're not dead. For sure, for sure. Speaking of bullet to the head, I loved it when his wife, we're jumping way to the end of the movie, I loved it when she shot those two dudes right in the head with that little 22. Bam! Pierced their skull and they died. I, I just Did found that really cool. Did that remind you of any other movie? Um, It reminded me of Deadpool and I thought for a second he was going to pull the bullet out and still live. <laughs> <laughs> a movie that I re- I was reminded of was My Blue Heaven, one of the a great, great funny movies. You remember that movie? I totally remember it. I can't recall a tiny gun. Okay, so no, the tiny gun was not in the movie, oh. but do you remember when Steve Martin was testifying? And he's on the court, like at, at court, he was a witness, and he's saying, and... So then he pops the guy in the back of the head with a 22. And they use a 22 because it's a little tiny bullet and it, it goes in and then it kind of rattles around in your brain. And then, you know, if a 45, a 45 will bore a barn door out the back of your head and there's a lot of dry cleaning involved and you don't want that. And then the, you Nikki's know, mother made some Parmesan. I thought it was a little too much. <laughs> so he went into all that sort of stuff. But that's exactly what I thought was uh, yes, you absolutely use a 22 because it'll go through, but they won't continue. And then it'll rattle around in there and they'll be like, oh, but yeah, she did a great job shot, obviously for being a Brit that they can't have any firearms. Like they don't have freedom, like in America where we have freedom, we can have firearms, which we love. And so she was a great shot for not having, but anyways, in her line of work and her husband's line of work, maybe they got a lot of um, uh, practice, but yeah, that was super, super cool. Yeah, for sure. And they should uh, enlist her for The Walking Dead, for sure, with those headshots. You know, <laughs> It but would be they- just like if she's driving in a car, going 100 miles an hour in a bumpy road over rocks and still shooting like The Walking Dead and hitting people in the brains. That's absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. So I wrote down you just mentioned My Blue Heaven. I wrote that down cuz we've got to cover it at some point. I haven't seen it for years, but I remember loving that movie. You and I growing up, we probably watched it once every few months or something or at least once yep. a year with our mom, and, you know. And so that would be co- that would be fun to cover in this podcast. That's I'm glad you made a note of that. That's a fantastic movie. I've watched it I can't even count. At least mm-hmm, two dozen yeah. times, like over and over again. It's just a brill- brilliantly funny movie. So Going back to the gentleman, I want to start with what is your grade? Because what did you think of the movie? What is it rewatchable and all that sort of stuff? I give this one an A. I can easily rewatch it. Um, thinking back, like this is a perfect movie to watch after last week's disaster of Bad Boys for Life because Bruckheimer, those directors, those writers, as you and I discussed, they think we're idiots, right? But Guy Ritchie comes in, he writes and directs a movie where he counts on you. Paying attention to the story, the characters' names, following the action, following the plot, right? So, uh, this was such, may- maybe because I, w- we watched that movie last week. <laughs> this one was so much better. Um, I, I give it in a great story, great storytelling. Oh, the storytelling aspect of having Fletcher come in and actually kind of like, uh, giving a, a, a movie pitch to an executive, but that's how they told the story. I loved it. Yeah. And you're right. And also on top of that, having to understand the, <laughs> guttural type of language that they're using. It's like I know enunciate. I know they, they need <laughs> to speak English over there in Europe for sure. They, <laughs> they, they need to speak American. That's what That's they need right. to speak. <laughs> 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 it reminded me of um, uh, uh, the Tick, the cartoon, the Tick, where you have the masked men. Like I can't remember what their they the group was, but they were literally had like helmets over their face, like buckets over the face. And Tick is like, I can't understand what you're saying enunciate it was yep. you know hilarious and that's literally what i thought like i, I can't understand what you're saying bloke Okay, I, just i can't understand yeah. <laughs> but even with that i was still able to follow and track a lot of words i missed over i couldn't really figure out what they were saying but it was fun listening to it and watching it the whole way for sure, man. And I do want to watch it again. Like you asked about rewatchability. Yeah, it's definitely rewatchable just so that I know from the beginning what's going to happen. And then I can see little clues and hints and, and how things progress, you know, things that you kind of missed in the first time or the first go around of watching. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, I give it and see, it's not an A plus an A plus would be like, um, lock, stock, like 19, so lock stock was probably it's right up there. My favorite out of all like lock stock snatch and this one, gentlemen snatches is brilliant snatch was so many other stories in why in interweaving so i think snatch is an a plus in my opinion this is an a this is definitely rewatchable there were some parts that i wanted to bring up to you that i was a little fuzzy maybe i missed it because they were speaking in british rather than you yeah. know american <laughs> so okay so let's run through a couple of things that were a little um off my or i couldn't figure out exactly how it happened so Number one, how did they know, or how did uh, the number two guy can't remember his name, but how did he know Ray. that he was was that his name Ray Charlie Hunnam's character? Yes, okay, Ray. How did Ray know that the one guy was you know spying on them, finding them? You don't, we don't understand how he actually knew that he was being followed and taking pictures and outside the front house and all that sort of stuff. Do you know, understand how he did that? We don't know. Maybe they also and they didn't show it. Maybe they have somebody within that Dave. The the newspaper guy's organization telling them what's going to happen and they just cut that on, you know, put it on the cutting room floor. But he says, says it basically at the one time at the very end, I knew that you were watching us the whole time because I'm better at my job than you. And so maybe he's, you know, as we're seeing Hugh Grant or Fletcher's character taking pictures and watching, you know, watching them do their dastardly stuff, he probably saw him at some point watching them, you know. Like even when he's wearing a ghillie suit and camouflage and taking pictures, you could probably spot that, and and he's good at his job. I think that's how. So all they had to do was literally like a three second take, or like an image, like like three seconds, maybe five seconds at long, where he's getting somebody whispering in his ear, and it would add to that. Like okay, this is how he found out that it was happening was because somebody on the inside told him, and it would just leave that whole question out like oh you're that good like but but it's i i want to know how did you know so that's that's number one it's kind of like let's just throw this in there you Mm -hmm. know if they would have let's just make him just phenomenally amazing at his job and not share with you so if at the beginning of the movie you see somebody literally leaving his house uh ray's house that in the end you see him for three seconds or five seconds whispering in his ear and he was at this other place. And so it it ties them together really quickly. Well, like it's a bow that wraps up. It's like that. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't see that coming. That would have been really cool. Gotcha. So the next thing that probably one of the last ones, there was a couple other things that kind of got a little hitchy, but um, one big one was how did those, um, those kids, the, the martial arts kids know to go attack that car because uh, Mickey was getting picked up and the Russians were going to kill him. How did they know to do that? Yeah, they don't explain that at all. Um, so I I don't know. Yeah, so something like that. It's like you can't have something so dramatic in the movie without explaining how that happens. It just makes it just feel like, oh, you just made that up. Like it, it, it didn't it didn't help. The story at all. It was just like, oh, he just got off. Like he's the luckiest guy in the world, or like, yeah. I. It just didn't. It didn't fly with me because those two things. Like, how did they know that he was being followed, or they were being followed? And, and it's like the big things in the movie that okay, we knew you were following us. Well, you got to tell us how you do that. Mm-hmm. And number two, how you got away from the bad guys where you it was an impossible situation. Nobody knew. How did you get out of that? Like, how did they know to? So both of those things. That was a big miss in my part. Yeah, sometimes they write coincidences into movies, you know, like lazy writing, and maybe they couldn't figure out a better way. Or maybe it was something that just ended up on the cutting room floor because it was almost a two hour long movie. Possibly. Yeah. I don't know, you know. Yeah, that, that, that could be it. It just seems like they could have in both instances, like in the communication, like when the kids were calling the coach, you know, oh, we're taking care of this. Oh, yeah. This one guy told us that, you know, we got a tip from this or that. Yeah. All they had to do was add in those few extra words and that would have helped, you know, uh, uh, resolve a couple of those issues. But those yeah. were the two major issues that I had with uh, the story. But those are honestly, in my opinion, those are pretty significant b- issues because how the main character gets out of this bad stuff is not solved. You know, it's not answered. So I think that brings, you know, just because of that, it might drop it down to an A minus in my opinion. But, you know, I'm going to still keep it as an A. Cool. I'm good with the A as well. So I do have a question for you because you brought up those boys assaulting his truck at the end, right? With the the rifles. Was their goal to save him or to kill Mickey? That's a great question. I really think it's to save him. And the reason why is that why would the coach be continually helping? Like, you know, at the very end, he's like, this is four times, four times that I helped you. And they're on the same team, like the coach and the kids, like the kids are not going to go against the coach. So I think it's too to um save uh Mickey. Yeah, that's interesting. My initial thought was they're trying to kill Mickey, but Mickey ducked and got away in time. But I don't I don't really know like it like you said at the end they called the coach and said we're going to take care of this for you. My thinking was we're going to take care of the guy that's now holding this over you that you owe a debt to now. That that was my initial thinking. Maybe that like my idea. Be it. What? Well, Maybe I, well, that I might like be it. the idea that they were there to just take out the Russian mobsters. But then your question of how did they know about that? That takes on even bigger significance, right? Because yeah. these were mobsters that didn't have anything to do with anything at any time. Why would the kids know? I think the kids knew what Mickey was up to. Maybe they just tailed uh, him and they were just maybe. waiting for him to leave his uh, uh, warehouse. Maybe. Yeah, that, that that could be it. I mean, we can give them the benefit of the doubt and say that that's what it is. But yeah, it just there's open-ended. You know, it's yeah. it's it doesn't wrap it up for me. And so that's why I'm like, ah, it's a little bit like like um Snatch, like everything's wrapped up really, really well. Plus, you got Brad Pitt in there. Brad Pitt's fantastic. You know, it doesn't have any loose ends that aren't tied up. And so um, that's why I like Snatch a little bit more, or actually a lot more than this movie. But had <laughs> an enjoyable time. I loved Hugh Grant. I, I've always loved Hugh Grant. He is fantastic as an actor, very entertaining, very fun. And in this, this uh, movie, he did a phenomenal job. And I liked really, I don't say like, I loved the storytelling aspect that Hugh Grant is doing. And you see him like, it's like he's relaying the story and we see it play out, but it's not always like We don't know if that's exactly what happened because that's his version of it. All that can play together. I was like, that was really cool. Yeah, for sure. And I really like that aspect as well. Hugh Grant nailed it in that, in his role right there. And um, one of the things too, like he's so expressive on his face and, you know, and, and I guess he's probably a gay character. He was attracted to Ray and he put his hand on his, on his leg and he acted all sheep. He just, he did a really good job in that role as, was he a newspaper reporter or was he like a private detective? What was he? I don't know. I think he, well, definitely he works for that uh, news agency or that one guy he definitely works for him or is providing content for him somehow, either being like a, uh, or like Spider-Man, you know, Spider-Man one-off like photo shots and stuff like that, where he's a contractor or a subcontractor that could be it. It could be that he actually works for him, but um, you know, 150 pounds, I'm sorry, 150,000 pounds is a lot of money in American money. It's probably close to like, I don't know, 250 pounds or dollars. Ooh, wow. It, but yeah, I, I, just, uh, in, in getting this whole process, I liked the storytelling aspect of why he wanted to go after Mickey, uh, you know, the, the main guy for the, the news news, um, uh, agency. David? is that the main, the main guy that had, had the, big uh, romp with the pig? Yeah. He's the one that had the romp with the pig, big Dave, yep. big Dave. Okay. So, um, I liked the storytelling aspect. So the, the entire storytelling, other than those two things that I just brought up, uh, Other than that, the whole story was fun, engaging, entertaining, and you could track with it really, really well. And yes, you're right. Guy Ritchie says, my audience is smart. They're going to figure this out. We don't have to literally hold their hand and tell them every single thing. And so I liked the whole storytelling aspect of it. I agree with you there. And I think maybe 20 minutes into the movie, I became acclimated to the way they were speaking. And I was starting to really follow along with everything that Fletcher and Ray, you know, the action of the story from that point forward, it took me a little acclimatization I had to go through, you know? Yeah, yeah, I I think so, too. And I liked the how they talked the story. They, They get the history of Mickey out there, too. In the storytelling, like this guy, you know, going through high school, blah, 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 you know, as a kid going through high school, going to college and all that sort of stuff and got to where he is now. And now he's like a refined marijuana dealer. And, uh, you know, that was, that was rather interesting, but the whole storytelling aspect, they did a great job and they really brought you along. And like I said, the only two little things, they don't really uh, derail the entire movie. That's why I like the story a lot because it, it weaves so many things together and it like it has Hugh Grant talking to Ray or you know uh, Hugh Grant's character talking to Ray and coming out and uh really explaining everything and you're as you're watching it you're watching history but then eventually it catches up to where you are now so it that's it's just a fun way to actually show and and tell a, mo- a story in the movie for sure for sure um one thing one aspect i really liked was the fact that Mickey's operation how it worked how he relied on this old arist- aristocratic money people die half of it goes to the state and so now their their heirs don't have enough money it makes perfect sense you know you you feed them a hundred thousand dollars a month or whatever it is now you have the run of their uh you know uh 200 acre estate or whatever to run your business i thought that was really smart on mickey's part to figure that out and of course smart on the writer's part to write that in you know so mickey is so stupid
1: why is i'm that? Have to say
0: that he is so stupid the only time that you ever give out the location of your operation, two days later or like twelve hours later, it gets hit. Oh, let me see. It's probably somebody else. Uh, That's probably, so- dude. That is like, how in the world do you not literally go right to that guy and say, "What did you do?" It just it's so stupid. Well. I agree with you, but I think from the beginning, as soon as their place got hit, and it was the one that they took Matthew to, they were on to him right then and there. And I think from that point forward, everything was planned and they wouldn't take Matthew to any other places. He even told him, you know, you're not going to see my distribution until the money's in escrow later on. And then so, um, so like he had that plan. He, he, he wasn't playing on Matthew backstabbing him like that to try to drive the price down. But once it happened, I think they were onto him. And all of the ideas, like Fletcher was saying, you don't know what's going on. I got the information. And he knew that Matthew was the bad guy, but they already knew. And then Ray just just uh, let Fletcher tell his story to learn possibly more that Fletcher might know. You know, like like he was saying when they were doing that little recap at the end, you were drinking scotch. You kind of lost your I don't know, whatever, not not lost your mind, but lost your way. And you started speaking too much and giving too much information. So I think they were on to him from the beginning when they got hit. But you don't just jump into it right then. Maybe let it play out, you know? Yeah, I get that. But we don't see any other information about... The um, uh, dry eyes and um, the, you know, the guy—I can't remember—the guy that's buying the um, the business. When they're at the you know stadium, we don't see anything that they know. The only time that they know anything about that is when um,
1: uh, what's Fletcher it, what's shows name? them the video. Yeah,
0: Fletcher shows them the video. Shows them the pictures. That's when they learn. Now, I—I'm I mean, probably like overthinking it. It just comes out like Mickey was stupid. Like he's literally—we don't see him say. Hey, I showed this guy and now that same one got hit. What that, let's look into that. We don't see that. So that's one thing I was just like, uh, uh that was one other little thing. I was like that it should have been something that was a part of the movie. If he's so smart, he would have literally done that. But Maybe he did. We just didn't see it. Maybe he just left it out on the cutting room floor, like you said. Yeah. But I'm not going to give him the benefit of the doubt because they put in... a uh, Guy Richie's really, really good at making sure details are, are... He's very detail-oriented, it seems like. And so uh, it just seems like that was another little, tiny, little hole in the movie. Because if Mickey is so smart, so ruthless, he would literally have gone to that guy and put a bullet to his head. Yeah, but you have to... F- prove that it's that it really happened in the first he doesn't have to he could just go up and kill matthew right he doesn't have to prove a thing yeah yeah but what ends up happening in the end he gets 270 million dollars from him and a pound of his own flesh right but i want to get back to what you said mickey uh being a little stupid that leads into my very first lesson right when you are a criminal and you run an organization people are going to try to get to you however they can and through your wife is one of those ways so he always had bodyguards with him life lesson number one is (laughs) have higher body bodyguards for your wife, especially if you're involved in criminal activities. That is a great, great point. If you need bodyguards, your family does, especially that's the way they're going to get to you. And you can tell like that's every single movie we've ever seen. Like if there is a weakness, they're going to go after your weakness. And it's your family is one of the most weakest parts of us because we can let things happen to us. But when we let or when we see something happen to our family, that's when we're like we can't stand it, and so yeah. it's so much easier to take it on ourselves. So that's a great, great lesson. Now I want to jump into uh, my first lesson. So my first lesson is with the. I learned it from the coach. So it doesn't matter if you did not do it. If somebody underneath you, if you're leading them, you're coaching them, or whatever, if they do something, you're the people that you're coaching and leading does something bad. You have to own up to it, and you have to say it's my fault. And what he did was I was absolutely the right thing was to, you know, make it right, because if he didn't, it would just escalate and get it worse. So own up to things that you do as well as the people underneath you do. For sure, man. Coach was a super honorable, good guy. No wonder his students or his boxing students, whatever you call them, uh, respect him ultimately, right? And he has the whole idea. His mentality is the buck stops here. I'm the boss. They listen to me. They respect me. I take care of them. So you're right. I'm responsible for my underlings. You know, that's, that's how it should be for anything, any boss of any organization. Absolutely. Yep. Cool deal. So my second lesson is very simply do not get in bed with criminals. Uh, coach. He said, Okay, I'm going to help you out. He didn't want to get in bed, but to save his boys, he had to do it. Right. But what happens is you, you know, you commit to doing these three things. They're three pretty bad things, right? One of them, he made Big Dave mate with a pig, I guess. And he says, Oh my gosh, I was there and I'm still shocked. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I absolutely loved it. But when you get in bed with the criminals, uh, you're going to end up doing things that you're going to regret and not want to do. He actually ended up killing two guys on his own at the end of the movie, number four, he said. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, just don't get in bed with criminals. I agree. I'm going to tie onto that. It's not that same one, um, but it's do not blackmail drug dealers. That's like the dumbest thing you could ever do. How are you ever going to win? They could literally just kill. Oh, I have insurance policy. Well, if you have an insurance policy hide it better, make it foolproof so that they cannot ever figure it out, make it digital in the cloud that if you don't like, this is one thought, if I don't stop it in this many, like as soon as 72 hours is up, if I don't stop it, it's going to be sent out automatically. And I have 800 places that it would be sent from. So there's no way you're going to like, it's not a briefcase that you just here you go. So but the biggest thing is, never blackmail drug dealers don't even be around drug dealers stay away from drug dealers yeah you're sure you're 100 right about that and that was actually my monday morning quarterback so thanks for thanks for bringing that one up um my third lesson was oh Always scope out the car before you get into it, right? We see it so many times in movies. You get into the back seat, you expect your driver to be the driver. Bam! He turns out to be Russian agent or or whatever it ends up being. <clears throat> you get into the front seat of your car and you look back, and there's a zombie in the back seat, right? Zombie land. I mean, this stuff happens all the time. Scope out the car before you get in. That is a great, great point, and that's something that I never really do. Like I should check out the back of my uh, uh, car um, anytime I get an Uber. Like just ver- verify. But what's, what's interesting with Uber, you actually see the car. I think you get a picture of the person so you can see what they look like, which is very, very beneficial. But yeah, that would, especially if you are in the business of killing people, of hurting people and people wanting to hurt you, you had somebody literally just try to kill you and your number two, Ray had to come in and save you. You should be much more on guard. Absolutely. For sure. So my third lesson goes back to what I was originally saying with having deductive reasoning. Well, my one, like I have 18 or 16 different sites. The one that I've ever showed it, the first time I ever showed anybody is the one that got hit. Maybe it's that person. Like I should like zero in on that person and Maybe they did, maybe, but we don't see it in the movie. But yeah, I'm like, use deductive reasoning. And there is no such thing as coincidence. Batman part three taught us that, you know, when uh, Commissioner Gordon so- told uh, Batman Robin, Forever. You mean the one with no, Arnold Schwarzenegger? Not with the nipples. No, not with the nipples <laughs> on it. Um, it was funny. The Dark when, Returns or whatever. The last <laughs> of the Christian Bale trilogy. Exactly. Yeah. That's when Commissioner Gordon said, there's no, in this business, in our line of work, there is no such thing as coincidence. And I am one, I'm not gullible. I, I guess I might be just a little bit. Um, I'm not completely skeptical. My wife is absolutely, you know, Melissa, she's completely skeptical of everything. Like if it comes up, oh, I wonder, and I, no, I just go with it. And so I need to tell myself, like, there's no such thing as coincidences. And so if the one that got hit is the one that I first showed somebody that like ever, then there's no such thing as coincidences. It's this guy. For sure. You're, you are right about that. Um, let me see. My Monday morning quarterback tied into one of your lessons. What's your Monday morning quarterback? Is do a better job. And I already talked about it. Do a better mm-hmm. job with your insurance policy. Like make it oh. foolproof where it's electronic made sure it's automatically going to happen. Not like hidden under your, underneath your grandma's uh, you know, bed or something like that. You want to make sure your insurance policy is literally foolproof if you're going to be blackmailing a drug dealer. Yep. Yep. I like that. Um, let me see here. My favorite scene was when, and it, it, it relates to, um, uh, uh, team America, what we saw, what what we've seen already, but when he goes into with Ray goes into, um, gosh darn what was the guy's name oh lord george was his name the chinese guy's restaurant and he you know spiked his tea and he's, he's projectile vomiting during that whole scene the the character of mickey is super menacing and dangerous and speaking of menacing um, Ray in the apartment with that drug using girl and all those other guys, super menacing as well, right? That's one of the things I love about these movies is when you get the main character being super menacing and everything seems scary and tense and you don't know what they're going to do. I was kind of assuming Lord George was going to die, not just, you know, spew up projectile vomit and then be okay, right? I thought he was going to try to eliminate that competition. But just overall, that scene, I love the menacing aspect of it. And I was, and the, the projectile vomiting, I enjoyed that one. I agree. So I really, there was, there was a, I mean, the whole movie, I, it was enjoyable to watch. I'm trying to pinpoint one that I liked, a scene that I liked the most. I think it was going into that apartment complex and going and, and then, you know, chasing everybody down, um, you know, trying to get the cameras, that entire scene was rather entertaining, rather fun. Um, but yeah, you're right. So anytime, uh, that I see a bad guy and Ray is a bad guy. Um, anytime I see a bad guy that is literally, not scared, not, uh, malicious, not like he's just methodical calmly sitting there and rolling a joint. <laughs> yes. You're like, and think of like, um, Pulp Fiction where you have the very first scene they're walk, uh, um, Samuel L and Travolta. They're going inside there. They're just, uh, dude, this is a Tuesday. You're going to die. You know? <laughs> and so when you have that perspective that, um, Hey, as, uh, Dude, you, you're done. You know, it's. I thought that was really rather menacing. And so, the, the different type of bad guy would be like the crazy one, the one that's like, "Oh, I'm gonna kill you!" And like, and but he actually does. That's not as as like fearful as somebody who is methodical, somebody who is uh, patient and knows the outcome and is ready to do it. Like, that's those type of bad guys to me are much more menacing than the crazy wacko type people. I agree with you 100% right there. Uh what is your prop from this movie? So, I was thinking that uh I didn't really have a uh, it, the only one that really comes to mind is the 22 and you know the 22 gun with the bullets inside that case that would be fun to have. I couldn't think of another uh prop but yeah, that would probably be it. Yep, I feel the same way. The 22 as well. That was my choice. Uh let's see here. Uh let's what else did we fail to mention? Dust? Uh, so going throughout the whole movie, I, and so everybody watching this on YouTube, you see our names and I'm not going to say our names. You're going to have to go watch the YouTube video. So go to on the description, you go to watch and forward slash YouTube. It'll take to our YouTube page. You can see our names. So I got a special name on there and it's something about meat on there. And sky has another one. That's also about like a British name. So you can check out our names on there, but I really like, it's just fun seeing different cultures. Like uh, my wife and my my uh, kids, we all travel the world. We've traveled to many different places um, all over the world. And in 2018, we went through 11 different countries on a six-week trip around Europe. And it was just fun reminiscing of like London and being in, in uh, Great Britain and, and seeing all that sort of stuff. I was like, oh, that's just rather entertaining seeing that. And... Hearing their languages and stuff like that, I really enjoyed it. So yeah, the movie was rather, rather fun. And go and check out our YouTube page where you can see our names that w- what we wrote on on uh, for ourselves. Gave our names for ourselves on the show. Yep, yep, totally. Go check that out. Um, a couple things I really liked. Uh, after the the second guy Fahook fell off, um, Mickey said to Ray, "You need to invest in some <laughs> some parachutes, buddy." That was good. And then the other line was, "Uh, um, oh, I'm only a blue belt boss. And then Ray or whatever that other guy got into the, got into the car and they weren't able to take Big Dave. There were some really funny, um, uh, cheeky kind of lines in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It yep. was it was a clever, a clever and smart movie. So yeah, just like uh, I think Guy Ritchie does a great job in the majority of the movies. Now, uh, a friend of mine or uh, my friend Mike, you know, Mike, he told me about another movie. It was like uh, Rocket uh, Rocketeer. No, Rob Rocket. I can't remember what it was called. But he said that Guy Ritchie made another movie back in like 2009. That was really good, like Snatch and Lockstock and like this one. So I can't remember what it's called, but I'm probably gonna rock have to go and roll a roll rock and Rolla, Rolla. something like that. Yes, rock and roll. He said it was really entertaining, so I might have to go back and watch that. We might have to. Actually, I'll I'll write that down on our list. Oh, and Ash, watching this movie here, um, I love Charlie Hunnam, seeing him in a ton of movies. The very first movie I ever saw him was Green Street Hooligans. Did you ever watch that? No, I didn't. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> I'll write it down. That's a good one. We might Is have to cover right? that at some point. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's about uh, just basically football hooligans, you know, soccer punks. They really love their football team, footies, you know, and, and uh, they just support them and they get into gigantic brawls with other footy supporters, other yeah. hooligans, you know, so it's good stuff. Yeah, we'll and that's the guy that played Ray, correct? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, he did a great job. Actually, I think mm-hmm. all the actors, everything was really, really well done in this movie. Um, I really like seeing Colin. Uh, what's his name again? Colin Farrell. Oh, Carl. Farrell. He was fun. And I think that's his normal accent, isn't it? Or is he Australian? I can't remember. He's Irish. So it was pretty close to his normal Uh, accent if it It wasn't exactly Irish. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember going through Ireland and we loved listening. So both the Scottish accent and the Irish accent, they're really, really fun to listen to. Uh, And so, yeah, it was really somewhat close to what uh, Colin Farrell's actual accent is. He does a really good job. Like he could play an American, obviously play an Irish with his accent and then play a British uh, uh, c- a citizen doing a great job with his accents. But I like the cast of characters too. Matthew McConaughey is great. He's all just, just about every single movie. He's, he's fantastic. And I was so on, um, I think it was Netflix or one of the, one of the mo- uh, movies channels out there. Um, uh, there's a movie called gold and I started watching it and it has Matthew McConaughey and it. it's basically a, a gold prospector. Um, in like the seventies and eighties. And anyways, he has a company and it goes downhill. I watched like the first 10 minutes of it. I was like, this is so boring. And so I turned it off, but usually Matthew, I mean, he was good in the movie, but the movie was dry. I I probably should have gave it more time, but I was like, eh, I'm done. I'm going to move on. Gotcha. Yeah. If it doesn't grab you right away, why potentially waste another hour and a half of your time? You know? Cool. So, um, uh, anything else that we failed to mention? I can't think of anything. I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Good. Me too. Me too. And I recommend it to anybody out there, any any movie-going person. Um, so this was my choice this week. So Dusty, what are we going to learn from next week? I uh, I remember the very, very first movie that we went to in the drive-in. Now, most people nowadays, especially millennials, like if you're 20 years old, you're not going to know what a drive-in is. Uh, Sky, do you remember the very first movie we went to see at a drive-in with our mom and our uncle David. Our dad, our stepdad, wasn't there, uh, but Uncle David and mom were there. I do not recall. It was Ghostbusters, and I wanted to cover Ghostbusters. And I remember, I think, because it came out in eighty-six. I think we were like seven, six, seven years old. Or was eighty-six? Is that when it came out? <clears throat> yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, so, so we were, give or take. Yeah, we were really rather young. Thinking of like a six-year-old, I was scared out of my mind at Slimer and everything. And that was like, I think, I think it was the librarian, librarian lady, or that 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 was scared, it set me off. Slimer wasn't as bad, but I want to go back and watch Ghostbusters, especially Ghostbusters. Is that now like the third one is coming out? Ghostbusters three? No, like that the one with the women. That was like uh, uh, that. Let's completely disregard. I don't that think one. that counts. It doesn't count. It's just, it's just a, Hey, let's try to try to make money. In fact, it was just sad The the uh, producers and movie studios and I was like, why did you do that? But the next one, Ghostbusters Afterlife. I want to see that. And I figure let's cover Ghostbusters. That's like one of the, I'm literally going to tell you right now. It's an A plus. So yeah. <laughs> I've already seen it a hundred times, but I want to do Gus, Ghostbusters. What do you think? For sure. That's a great choice. I really appreciate that. So next week, Ghostbusters, the first one, the very, the original Ghostbusters, the yep, yep. original Ghostbusters. Yep. That's right. Oh, thinking right, about no. did you ever watch the cartoons of Ghostbusters? Uh, a few episodes here and there, but I don't really remember being an avid watcher of them. I remember it and I watched it quite a bit cause I just, mm-hmm. I loved everything about it. So I'm super yeah. stoked to go over Ghostbusters. Cool beans, cool beans. So everybody, thank you so much for listening or if you're on YouTube for watching our podcast right here. We really do appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend. All you have to do is send them to the watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod 85. Uh, that's the show notes for this uh, for this episode right here. Alrighty, well, my name is Sky. And I'm Dusty. And we will return next week with the original Ghostbusters.